Fight Podcast, hosted by Sergio Vicente. The Fight Podcast is brought to you by Sage Eats. Sage Eats is a Chicago-based healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring company. They deliver healthy, organic, custom meals directly to your home or office. For those of you not in Chicago, Sage Eats also offers online fitness mentoring where your personal fitness mentor will send you four weeks worth of workouts that are customized to your body and your goals. Your mentor is available seven days a week to answer questions and offer support. Sign up for Sage Eats at W www.sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 20% off your first three months. Now here's your host of the FIGHT podcast, Sergio Vicente. Yo! Welcome back to episode 134 of the FIGHT podcast. I'm your host, Serge Vicente. I hope everything is going amazing for you guys today. Look, man, I started off chuckling a little bit when, uh, when after I turned the mics on because I'm not going to lie to you. This is literally like the sixth time I've tried to start this episode. Uh, first couple times I started, man, I just sounded like trash. I went out there and I was trying to be, you know, funny or overly energetic or something and look the vibe just wasn't right i hated it I hated how it sounded so i had to double back once i finally got it right yo my dog nico all of a sudden walked in started jumping on me i still have his collar on so you can hear him all in the microphone all he wanted to do was go outside and take a piss so i had to go and handle that real quick and come back in so th- this show hasn't started off as smooth usually i like to be out here like jay-z man i like to get my you know my one take and keep it rocking but today is not that day uh but without further ado man this is one 34 of the fight podcast uh today we have fight news uh, i'm gonna go ahead and break down all of the amazing fight news of the week this week we're gonna keep it a little bit to mma um later on i'll actually have another uh total boxing episode um talking all the fight news and everything that's going on in the world of boxing i have my boxing insider and analyst my boy brandon camille he'll be the one helping me out with that one um but uh all in all man we actually have a relatively good week of mma news there's been a lot of fallout obviously from ufc 241 um it was an incredible card i think everybody at this point in time especially the top three the the top three bills fights i'm talking about obviously the main event in daniel cormier and steve miochik um the co-main event with nate the great diaz and anthony showtime pettis and in my humble opinion and actually not my humble opinion that's what it was the fight of the night i'm talking about um Yoel uh, Romero and Polo Costa, man. So everyone is reeling about this, loving it. And there's actually been a lot of storylines that have come from this. Honestly, one of the big ones is a lot of people, if we're, and I talked about this in our last episode, episode 133 of the Fight Podcast, that look, man, if you really think about it, a lot of individuals actually believe that Yoel Romero won. If you guys have an opportunity, man, you should check out Luke Thomas's page, man, in his show. He actually put out an amazing video today um, speaking about uh, Yoel Romero, and is Yoel Romero actually the best 185 pounder in the world and it was funny man when that actually came out i had to think about it 
I really had to go back and think, yes, he's lost to Robert Whittaker twice. And I know you guys can't see me, but I am throwing up air quotes because he quote unquote lost because the first one, yes, it was razor close. But the second one, the mostly everybody had your Romero winning. And then we double back and we look at this fight with Polo Costa and it seems like it's a little bit more the same. Your Romero lands the majority of the significant strikes. He has more of the takedowns. He has more of the knockdowns. But some strange reason, the individual who is better for region in the UFC, dare I say? Let's go back and think about it. Really think about this. They always, UFC always gets big bucks in the Oceanic region. And I'm talking about in Australia and New Zealand. Them having a champion from that area is imperative for that part of the world. So who would you want? An aging Cuban who barely speaks English? And a lot of people think he is on some sort of PDs or something. Or do you want a well-spoken, nice guy who still kicks ass from that region in Robert Whitaker? And then now look at this, man. Granted, Robert Whitaker has another oceanic dance partner in one of my favorites right now, Israel Asanya. But then at the same time, we have Polo Costa. When I was coming up in the in the game, when I really first started watching MMA. In the late 90s, when you think about it, man, who were the people, who was, who were the group of individuals that everyone looked at like killers? Who, who, what was the region of individuals that everyone was like, yo, I need to go down there and learn. They got the best fighters in the world. Well, that's Brazil. Well, ever since, you know, USADA is coming to the picture, Brazil isn't as popping as it once was. Now, look, I'm not saying that all those guys are out there juicing. But I'm not saying they weren't. <laughs> I mean, think about it, man. There's a reason why they aren't doing what they used to be doing. So they haven't had any noise, especially, yes, female-wise, they have it. But if we're looking at the men, they have nothing at this point in time. So they got a dude who's movie star handsome, chiseled out of stone, under 30 years old, going against a gentleman who's 42? Come on, man. I'm not Mr. Conspiracy Theorist all day long, but we have to admit that Yoel Romero has gotten the short end of the stick. And if you really think about it, he probably should be our champion at 185 pounds. So I understand where people are coming from. And I'm not going to stunt. I'm right there with you, man. So look, that's just one of the things that people are really talking about in the fall of this fight. The next big thing is, yo, what's actually going to happen to Daniel Cormier? A lot of people have been speculating. Is he going to come back? Is he going out there? Is he going to actually fight Stapy in a trilogy? Is he going to fight John Jones in a trilogy? And at the end of the day, yo, what do we want as fans? So I was thinking about it and and I think I said this in my last episode, me personally, I would like to see DC retire. I don't believe he has anything left to prove. And I think that he should go out there, sell off into the sunset. It's whatever. But I know after he goes back and looks at that fight, he's already stated that he didn't listen to his coaches. 
And I've said this also. I had the fight. I had Daniel Cormier winning three rounds to none when this happened. Stipe made the adjustments in which he needed to make. But what happened from that? He made the adjustments. He ended up getting the win. But did that tell me that Stipe Miocic is a better heavyweight than Daniel Cormier? No, it doesn't. It just tells me that Daniel actually got caught. He took his foot off the gas. And he's even said that under his own admission. So, he's recently, and I don't know, a lot of people have been asking him, Dana White himself says, oh, I would love to see that fight. Come on, man. You know, if it's green, Dana's happy. So, he's all about that life. Stipe said he had his gameplay. He saw something, and I think I already said that to you guys. He, he, he got the idea of going to the body from watching his fights with Anderson Silva. Um, but this is what DC had to say after the fight. And, I, and I'm going to still stick with, with DC in this. But he said, look, man, it's been a couple of days and I can't stress the disappointment. I'm so sorry to all of you that I've let down to my wife and kids. I'm so sorry that you guys had to experience that. I never wanted y'all to see that. And I hurt you guys showing wait, showed breaks that though. I'm sorry. Uh, it says, I'm so sorry you guys had to experience that. I never wanted y'all to see that. And the hurt that you guys showed breaks my heart every time I think about it. My coaches, I'm so sorry. I appreciate the work, the time you spent with me. My fans, thank you guys for all the love and the support you've guiding me to. All these amazing accomplishments. Stipe Miocic and his team, congratulations on a tremendous victory. You showed so much heart and grit. You are the definition of Cleveland Tuft. Dana White, all the UFC, thank you for everything that you have done for me and my family. This has been the most amazing journey and I'll decide what I'm going to do now. As soon as I decide, I will let y'all know right away. I love you all, DC. Classy, man. Class act through and through. Giving Stipe props. Giving the organization and Dana props. This is what we have come to expect from Daniel Cormier. But he did say something. I'll decide what I'm going to do now. As soon as I do, he'll let us know. I'm going to be honest with you. I give him a couple weeks. Tops. You know, nothing more than I give him a month tops before he lets us know. I really do. Um, if he does not come back, would I be surprised? Yeah. Um, and like I said, Daniel, uh, Dana White, you know he wants it, man. So he he's begging for it. And as fans, I think the fans would like to see it. Now, out of which trilogy with Daniel Cormier do you think we would prefer to see? Do you think the fans want to see John Jones or do you, th do you think the fans actually want to see Stipe Miocic? I've been going back and forth with this because for me, DC lost twice to John Jones, regardless of all the PDs and everything. I think that's a chapter that he doesn't even need to address. But I believe that he was winning the second fight against uh, Stipe and he has a legitimate chance to make himself the GOAT. So think about this. If DC comes back, right, goes ahead and fights Stipe Q1 and gets a W, finishes him, then he can sell off into sunset. Then unequivocally, he is the number one pound for pound heavyweight of all time. And I think all of us could actually sit back and admit that. And at the same token, Stipe goes out there and beats DC for a second time, we would also say it will give a little bit, it would just give clarity to, to the weight class. 
And I also think it will put a bow on DC's career if he comes back and actually gets that W. But don't get it twisted. If he doesn't come back, I'm not sad about it. He's going to be involved in a game. We're going to see him. He is the best color commentator that they have, aside from Joe Rogan, obviously. So it is what it is, man. So salute to everybody involved, man. I cannot wait to see what happens next. But speaking of goats and greatest of all time, man, finally they have said something and they're doing something with Amanda fucking Nunes. Amanda Nunes is making her return in Las Vegas December 14th against in a rematch against Jermaine Durandame. I'm not going to lie, man. This one caught me a little bit off guard. But honestly, after her beating Aspen Ladd, where was Jermaine Durandame going to go? Yo, this is a rematch from a 2013 fight, November 2013. Um, that was actually the UFC Fight Night 31 fight for the troops. Uh, Jermaine Durandame actually got stopped three minutes and some change into the very first round with elbows. She got dealt with. Complete annihilated. Ever since then, Jermaine Durandame is on a 5-5 win streak. She's actually even won the 145-pound title. That was very controversial. And she actually just gave it up because she didn't want any smoke with Chris Cyborg. Look, I'm going to say it again, even for you Jermaine Durandame fans. Jermaine Durandame gave up her belt and did not want to fight Chris Cyborg because she didn't want no smoke. She says it because of steroids, but ah, I'm not I'm not going for that. I'm definitely not going for that. You punked out and your team punked out. And you knew you shouldn't even have the belt because they cheated against Holly Holm. A couple shots after the bell. There's no way that that fight could should have gone the way of Jermaine Duranime. But I digress. Let's talk about this fight. This is a um Jermaine Duranime has not actually really been that active since that fight with Amanda Nunes. She only has five fights since then uh so essentially that's one fight per year in that same time amanda nunes has had 12 fights she is 11 and 1 since that time the only losses she's had in that stretch is actually the very next fight that she had with kat zingano and the fact that she was completely dominating until she got stopped at the end so um where do i see this going Look, yes, Jermaine Duranime ended up winning the fight, you know, getting a title in 2017. But since 2017, she's only fought twice. Um, has she been very impressive? Look, that fight with Aspen Ladd, I don't know how impressive it actually was. I don't know how much we actually know, but Aspen Ladd had a terrible weight cut. She got clipped. She got dropped. They stopped the fight. So I, I give Jermaine Duranime props for that. And in terms of the X's and O's, look, she's a little bit further on in her career. A lot of time has passed since that has happened. So I really can't go back and look at that first matchup. But one thing I will say is this. Jermaine Durandame is one of the greatest kickboxers to, to do it, especially female-wise. Um, she's something like a 12-time Muay Thai champion. Um, has beat up some of the best of the best. She's even knocked out a couple dudes in her day. That's not even me trying to be funny, yo. That's like a legitimate story. She's fought a number of men and she's put them out. So Jermaine Durandame is the real fucking deal. But here's the problem. 
She's about to fight the best of the best. And I'm going to be honest with you, every time she's had an opportunity, especially MMA, to fight the best of the best, she does not come mentally prepared. That fight versus Holly Holm. Yes, she quote unquote won, but how many she hit her twice after the bell, got a couple points taken away, and everybody who actually watched that fight had Holly Holm winning. The other time she fought another up and coming like a big time name, that was Amanda Nunes, and she got dealt with. So am I excited about the fight? Yes, I'm excited to be able to see Amanda Nunes compete once again. I'll be more excited the more it comes up and the more I see. But at this point in time, it's difficult for me to actually believe at all that Jermaine Duranime really has a shot. Um, but what does Amanda Nunes have? There's nobody really there at this point in time. I can pull up the rankings right now. And if we actually look at the UFC's, you know, um, women's bantamweight rankings, Jermaine Durandame is number one. Catlin Vieira, mm, Holly Holm, we just saw that. Juliana Pena just got back. Aspen Ladd is the one people are hoping for, but she got dealt with. So this is what we have to work with, man. And um, Amanda Nunes is really doing a great job of clearing out the division, man. So we'll see what ends up happening with that. All right. The next thing I want to really touch on really quick, because Dana White has really been in the news, man. And I know we're talking about a couple of strikers, but Dana White really wants to go into the boxing world. He wants to jump into Zufa boxing, and he believes he can make changes and he can save boxing. Look, man, I'm going to be here to tell you, I, I truly don't believe Dana White's going to do shit. Okay? Um, and this is why I say that. He recently went on the Chris Maddox show, which is a, an amazing uh, boxing podcast. Um, this dude goes out there and says that he, everybody gets paid. That's the difference between the UFC and the boxing model that's right now. Uh, the thing is that everybody goes, has to get paid. And he actually even says it. The fighters get paid. Everybody gets paid. Everybody is being paid. And it's not just the top two and three. Everybody on the roster. I got over 600 guys that are getting paid and making a living and feeding their families and buying houses and cars and all those other things. Now, when you look at boxing, half of these guys make crazy money. And that's the way it's always been built. And then you have thousands of people who don't. So I think we can create a pay system in boxing that benefits anybody. Dana White goes on to say, there's still fights out there where you just turn pro and you're only making $400 to fight, $100 per round and things like that. You got guys, guys fighting for world titles for $10,000 and $15 for a world title fight. That's what I want to fix. All right. So does Dana White have a point? His point that is a big discrepancy between pay for boxing and MMA, yes. But to sit there and say that everybody in MMA actually gets broke off is a goddamn lie. Let's, let's remind everybody about this Reebok deal, right? If you have between one and five fights in the UFC, and this is all you get because fighters used to get Six figures strictly off, off of endorsements for their fights. But he has since taken that away. And now everybody has to go ahead and do this bullshit Reebok deal. Between one and five fights you make in, in the UFC. If you have between one and five fights in the UFC, 
they give you $2,500. Between 6 and 10, they give you $5,000. Between 11 and 15, they only give you $10,000. So you're telling me fighters like people who've been in there for a while. Okay, let me go on. 16 to 20, that's guys like Cowboy Cerrone. 15K, that's all people get. So to, I can go back and I look and I do have relationships with boxers and, and people and I ask them, what, what, are, what is their pay scale? I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not putting anybody out there. I'm not talking about anybody's numbers specifically. But I know people who are not big names. That at minimum, they don't even start negotiating. They don't even get out of bed for anything less than $400,000. And that's, I'm talking about Names that you don't, you've never even heard of in boxing. Daniel Cormier for his fight, his last fight with the UFC only made 500K. That is arguably the greatest fighter of all time. Only made 500K. Stipe only made 700. The fact that Stipe made $200,000 more than DC, I think is total bullshit, but eh, I digress. So think about that. Champions only get with this promotional deal 40k. Title contenders only make 30k. So what is he talking about? What is Dana White really talking about? Um he says that they're going to be able to get, you know, build and develop specific boxers. What boxer what brand? Cuz here's the thing. The UFC is a shield. It's the brand of the UFC. There is no brand of boxing. So you mean to tell me, let's say because Terrence Crawford was at the match, they're going to go out there and give Terrence Crawford, he has the UFC champ boxing Zufa championship, the Zufa championship. Do the other sanctioning bodies acknowledge that belt? Do the other champions want to work with them? Because Dana White doesn't want to work with one championship. He doesn't want to work with Bellator. So would he do cross-promotion with the WBC, the WBA, the IBC, the, I, the, the WBA? Is he going to go ahead and actually work with top rank? Is he going to work with Steven Espinosa over at Showtime in PBC? No. So how is this actually going to work? It's not. Again, he might have the best intentions at heart, but I'm going to be very honest with you, and I'll be the first one to say, this is bullshit. I do not think this is going to last, and granted, I, I'm here to watch it. If it comes to fruition, and it's great, phenomenal. But unless they go ahead and they pay a stable of, of people, because here's another thing, too. Let's say Zufa Boxing starts, and they get a number of prominent names. Let's say they get a Triple G and a Mikey Garcia and a Terrence Crawford. Those guys expect a specific dollar amount per fight already. These guys are already making seven figures from the jump. You mean to tell me guys in the UFC who've been doing this forever are going to be okay with that? And I know I've said this and I've said this and I've beaten into a dead horse, whatever that saying is. We need a union in combat sports, in the UFC and MMA. But until they do that, they're going to continue getting taken advantage of by people like Dana White. 
All right. Speaking of Dana White, we're going to keep with Dana White's big head ass. Um, Dana White. And this is actually something I actually agree with him on. Dana White said Henry Cejudo must fight Joseph Benavidez or he's going to strip him of his 125 pound title. He said Joseph Benavidez is here. He's ready. He deserves a shot. And he already has a win over Henry Cejudo. When was that? He actually beat Henry Cejudo December 3rd, 2016. That was a tough 24 finale. He got a unanimous decision victory over him. And the only loss is, remember this, Joseph Benavides is a bad dude, man. He has only lost to Dominic Cruz. Demetrius Johnson. And surprisingly, Sergio Pettis. Granted, I had... Um, Benavidez winning that fight, but Soldier Pettis also got at that W. So he's only lost to the best of the best. Benavidez is 28-5. Henry Cejudo has been out there. Obviously, he's a champ. He's been doing his thing. I can't wait to see this fight. Um, it needs to happen. Hopefully, we find out what's going on within the next couple weeks or so. And once we do, you know I'll be out here to say it. But check it out, man. Cejudo's been talking about this Triple C bullshit. He wants to be the intergender champion. He is trying to market himself the best way he possibly can. Do you want to know what the best way to market yourself is? Go back and be the guy who kicked your ass. Because that's what's actually going on. Now, if he doesn't take this fight, well, what do we got to say? It doesn't seem like somebody wants that smoke. But I believe Henry Cejudo is ready for it. I believe he's up for it. And I think it's going to be an amazing fight, man. Um. Also, speaking about UFC, and I know I'm going all over the place today, man. But um, I told you there's a lot of the news. So, um, UFC 241, Conor McGregor has spoken. I know a lot of people were wondering why he was so quiet um, after the uh, Nate Diaz's victory, but he actually went on uh, IG and uh, he finally went out there and um and started talking his talk, man. He finally addressed. Uh, Nathan Diaz and this is what he actually had to say three years three years to the day myself and this Mexican warrior went to war congrats on the win this weekend Nate it was motivating to see it from my own comeback I don't blame you for not mentioning me for the trilogy about post fight you know what I'm like what I okay, let me say this I don't blame you for not mentioning me for the trilogy about post fight you know what I'm like when I get going vicious. I love the three, the, the round three style from round one that you implemented. It was, I was, it was what I was hoping you would implement for this bout. And I was glad to see you do it. I'll be prepared for it is when we go again, if we go again. If not, respect always. A war for the ages, no bitch talk, just real shit. All right. So this is what Connor had to say um, about his fight. Cool, man. It's like, you know, a backhanded compliment. You didn't call me out, but he's not relevant. Why would Nate? Nate is looking for fighters who are relevant. He wants fights that excite him. Connor McGregor does not excite him anymore. What he's excited about is the biggest name right now in the sport. And that is Jorge motherfucking Masvidal. That's why he wants to fight. Conor McGregor, unfortunately, his time has come and gone, people. I know you got you diehard Conor McGregor fans don't believe me. 
It has been over a thousand days since his last victory. I'm going to continue saying that for you guys. It has been over a thousand days, not since his last fight, but that's since his last win. The only fights he's taking is against old dudes at bars in Ireland. That are the only fights Conor McGregor is taking right now because those are the only ones he can probably win. No, we shouldn't have called him out. I'm happy he said something nice about Nate, but at the end of the day, this is distraction. This is just Conor McGregor trying to keep his motherfucking name in the news. I'll be the first to tell you, I don't care about this. He put it out there also. If we're going to fight again, if you do, cool. If not, whatever. We'll see what happens, man. Um, am I into it? Um, but but I'll tell you one thing. I am into Nate D. Well, I mean, look, man. I'm going to throw this out to you guys. And I'll put a question up online also on my IG page soon. On uh, the Fight Podcast page. What? matchup are you more excited about nate versus connor or nate versus jorge i really want to know i want to know what the 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 general fan the the consensus is because for me it's a no-brainer i thoroughly believe that it has to be jorge masvidal i can't give it to connor that's what i'm excited about nothing about a connor mcgregor fight at this point in time excites me because He's been exposed, man. It's been the expose that we've seen it all. Unless he comes back, he takes a fight, looks impressive. Well, then, hey, look, I'll shut, I'll shut up. But until then, I think dude is washed. Yes, it is what it is. All right, man. Um, let's see. Anything else? Anything else? Anything else? UFC in China, Shenzhen, seems like it might be in trouble a little bit. But uh, Dana White said it's going to continue moving on. Man, that that card is kind of sus. But I'll break it down next week. And speaking of sus cards, Bellator 225 is this weekend. Uh, it is headlined by Matt Mitrion. And this is a um, a rematch return Sergey Karatonov. Uh, Matt Mitrion is 13 and 6 against uh, Karatonov, 28 and 6. Karatonov is coming off his loss to Matt Mitrion um, via nut kick. And uh, he couldn't. And then Matt Mitrion was coming off his loss to Ryan Bader. Interesting fight. Um, Karatonov is huge, amazing power. Um, been doing it forever. Fought in K1, fought in Pride. Has had an amazing couple fights with everybody from Fedor to um, Alistair Overeem. The dude is an absolute beast. Uh, Matt Mitrione is one of my favorites. Big, athletic, great stand-up. Um, this should be a stand-up war as long as nobody gets kicked in the nuts. I, like I did last time, I pick um, Matt Mitrione. As for the rest of the card... It's trash. I, I really, Bellator. Bellator, I, I have no idea what they're doing. I don't. They're on the zone, which nobody watches. And then they're, you know, on Paramount Network that nobody has. And then they put these freaking cards out here with nobody on them. Who wants to invest their time in these cards? Out of the four big organizations, UFC, Bellator, PFL, one. 
Bellator, you come in dead ass last. I have no idea what's going on. I am so disappointed. And I have been such a fan of Bellator for such a long time. Yo, I'm not talking about the rest of this card because it's bullshit. I'm not wasting your time. This was just thrown together. And for an event like Bellator 225, that should mean something. That should be a little bit more special than that. Don't get me wrong. UFC hasn't come out with the best cards this year, but at least they've put out events that we're excited about, like this past weekend. This is garbage. This is the only fight worth talking about in this part. Everybody else, the rest of it, this is a regional show, the rest of it. So I'm going to treat it as such. Um, Good luck, Scott Coker. Keep it up. Uh, But yo, uh, as for that, man, um, that's about all I got today, man. That's about it. Um, This has been Fight News. I, as always, am your host, Serge Vicente, and this is episode 134 of the Fight Podcast. As always, we'll be back. We have an amazing episode later on this week. Um, We have a couple great interviews as well this week, so keep your eyes and ears open for that. We have our IGTV channel popping. I have episode breakdowns and more on there, so please go ahead and check it out. Give us a follow at The Fight Podcast and so much more. Remember, The Fight Podcast is brought to you each week by Sage Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meals and fitness mentoring. Sign up for Sage Eats at sageeatschicago.com apply promo code fight for 15 10 10 10 percent off your first three months um also check us out at the fight podcast everywhere podcasting are is available so that's apple music uh google play spotify soundcloud stitcher everywhere you listen to your podcast check us out facebook instagram at the fight podcast and follow me at surgery sente as always i am humbled for you guys listening thank you so much love you guys this is episode 134 of the fight podcast i am your host surgery sente i'll see you guys next time deuces <laughs> <laughs>